Welcome back to your internet uncle's podcast. We're going to dish on the dad today. My old man is a weird mix of progressiveness, chauvinism, and misogyny. Like, he didn't like the idea of corporal punishment. He claims he hasn't done it, but I have the mental scar of being having really short, sore shoulders from him smacking me when I was being idiot and usually hurting the bro and deserving it but it was very rare he would dish it out right he tried not to he made sure we got educations he doesn't tries not to dislike people he does have his prejudice this is but we'll get there he's a weird mix of progressiveness shrubbery and misogyny he values women he you know, thinks they're more important than men, but he also thinks they should be in the kitchen at home, taking care of the kids and raising kids. So from there, we're going to go to random things, off to his prejudices. We were watching a random Chinese movie and he sees this military character with a Hitler mustache. And, oh, he was watching the movie and I just got there and I was asking him, why does he have a Hitler mustache? The old man says, he's Japanese. All Japanese have Hitler mustaches. There are various countries my dad hates. Right? I think that if he met people, he'd probably be fine. Just in general, like he has kind of knee-jerk responses to various places. One is Japan. For the invasion of brutal occupation of Vietnam, they did this to various countries, obviously. Uh, Vietnam was on the list. You know, he was born after it, so he grew up with all the stories of the atrocities, right? and it manifested in him refusing to buy any Japanese vehicle until the 2000s, because he just despised Japanese. He hates the French for their occupation of Vietnam. He hates the Chinese. Surprisingly, not for the thousand years of occupation of Vietnam. There's a couple things. One is uh, the misogynistic teachings of Confucius, right? And uh, actually, part of the Chinese occupation was to pacify the Vietnamese tribal societies with their weird, strange, and illogical maternal-based societies and cultures back in the day. Uh, of course, Confucius uh, systems were not only implanted in Vietnam, but also Korea and Japan. And look how they treat women. Yeah, I fucking hate his stuff, right? I dislike not just the misogyny, which is a big part, but also the having to listen to authority and how you know everyone has to listen to the king or the father who is the king in the family, even when they're full of shit. any case but the, the real reason he hates china is that they allow first cousins to marry as long as they have different last names it doesn't take into consider genetics he hates the idea of inbreeding right so he, i think i told him about alabama once he was not oppressed <laughs> any case we'll move on from there setting this that uh setting of the stage my dad's dad was an alcoholic diabetic Yes, he was alcoholic. 
He drank every day. He would go to market. And people would find random animals in the jungle for him to take home and butcher, which he would do gladly as he drunk while he made the food, drunk while he ate the food, drunk after he ate the food, and then pass out. He died at the age of 53, uh, not listening to his doctor telling him he had to give up his alcohol because it was not working well with his diabetes. And he, uh, I, now this is just my dad telling me this. So his dad, so my grandfather's dad, my paternal great grandfather, was rich as hell. Like he owned quite a number of properties, like in the central market where my family lived. And uh, at some point there was a big fire and burned down a lot of these places. My grandfather kid when this happened so a lot of people end up taking the places and squatting and he didn't want to contest it right there was bigotry against chinese people like so my mom is full chinese born in vietnam my dad is half chinese so it comes down to me and the bro we actually look more chinese than anything which confuses a lot of people and pisses a lot of people off because it pisses the chinese people off because we don't speak mandarin or cantonese or whatever Right? And it pisses Vietnamese, some, some Vietnamese people off because we're Chinese. Any case, so the bigotry uh, was there. So uh, Grandpa lost all these uh, properties. Maybe that's why he drank a lot. You know, they did own a convenience store, or they could own a convenience store. And the old man used to steal sweets from all the time and get in trouble all the time. It actually led to his teeth being pretty messed up. And it also led to my old man being really good with pricing because he knew all the prices of things and he has a very good memory for any kind of prices. Like even now, like he knows which store sells which items the cheapest when items have gone up in price and whatnot. I mean, he uh, passed it on to me and the bro, but like as kids, he kind of hated it because he took us away from video games, but he always made sure we went with him grocery shopping, him and, and mom. And we learned prices. We learned how to figure things out. We learned how to check for the quality of items, you know, for fruits and vegetables. So it was, it was a good life lesson. So a different time, there is a, or I was watching a hockey game and there's a line bra and I showed it to the old man and the old man just waved his hands like, no, don't show me the shit. Right? He hates fighting. And he hates fighting because he used to get into fights all the time as a kid, right? And, he's, and he told me once, like, you don't believe me, ask your aunts and uncles, right? Like, he said, his older brother never got into fights. It was just him. And my dad would take on all comers. Older, younger, he'd beat the shit out of everybody, right? And that's why he hates fighting, because he had done it so much as a kid. I think that was part of the reason why he also got booted from a school. That poor attendance, uh, probably poor probably in-class issues too, and it left him with a grade 5 education until he came here and upgraded to grade 12. So yes, if you listen to my mom, podcast about my mom, both my parents had grade 5 educations. And I didn't realize until later, the bro didn't realize it uh, until I pointed out to him, and it's a, that cleared a lot of things up and why they would do certain things with us and why they taught us certain things and why they pushed us you know, to get higher levels of education. So, further along in my old man's childhood, 
so as a kid, yeah, the Viet Cong had already infiltrated pretty far south, right, near the adherents down in the southern uh, provinces. And but you no, know, there were counterinsurgency efforts, right? And he saw uh, a Viet Cong operator get executed. He actually ran to go watch. He doesn't know why, but he saw a guy get executed in the market square. In the same vein, uh, a distant relation. So kind of like um, like a second or third cousin, I guess, if you're talking in, I guess, the Eurocentric system of describing families. Like he had joined the Viet Cong. Uh, you know, various people would join like for different reasons, right? Sometimes some actually believed in the cause, some because they brought donuts to the meeting, right? Then they re- realized later, it's like, oh, this shit ain't for me. And that's what this, uh, uh, I would call him uncle. The uncle had realized and he left, but he got drafted uh, and conscripted into the army. And he was actually making trips between, you know, the the army base and, and back home in countryside. And he was on his way back to make fake papers so he can get out, out of being drafted. And he got assassinated by the Viet Cong. And no one knows why. Like, you can speculate, like, you know, they, maybe they were worried about him passing intelligence. Maybe they just thought he was a traitor. You know, it could be any reason. No one knows. He, you know. And so, good times had by all. And my, my old man, you know, Having been uh, kicked out of school, he uh, moved to the city, to Saigon. You know, it's now Ho Chi Minh City, but Saigon. And he was 14 years old, and you know, his first job was uh, bring back old papers. So that's kind of like a recycling job, and you know, he, you know, he didn't make a lot of money, so all he could, you know, afford was eating bread. And he actually got pretty sick. Uh, he had liver troubles from just, you know, eating a diet only of bread, right? And he had to, you know, go home and recover. And we went back, uh, he uh, found out the place didn't need him anymore. So he went on to become a construction laborer, right? Then his mom found out. Grandma found out. Grandma was mad, right? So he had to change jobs. So he moved on to working for my mom's oldest brother-in-law, right? So this started... Uh, my dad, dad's path to, you know, getting to know my mom's family, right? Her whole family. And uh, so you sold books for him. Then one of my mom's brothers got in trouble with the court. So uh, he had to go cover for him for a bit, but then he eventually ended up working again for the aunt, one of the older aunts and stayed with them for 17 years. I think this is when he ended up... Uh, you know, becoming a boss at one of the plastics factories, right? And, you know, this is from uh, my uncle's-in-law, one of my uncle's-in-law, right? Because at this factory, like during the Tet Offensive in, uh, or in Vietnamese, Tet in 68, mm-hmm. he was stuck at the factory working and he was locked in. Like, like well, he was locked. I think he locked everything out because, you know, there's a battle raging around outside, Right, and he survived on white rice mixed with pork fat, which is common, you know, grease used to cooking, and and either soy or fish sauce. You know, my mom's brother-in-law would check on him every so often, but he couldn't get in because of the raging battle, right? And then you know they couldn't get him out until the end of the battle in Saigon, which is pretty nuts. 
Oh, I forgot to mention. My mom used to fall asleep to the sound of artillery going off in Saigon back in the day. They wrote songs about it too. So yeah, if you were bitching about uh, how your life is shit, right? Unless you're dodging bombs, mortars, rockets, whatnot, or you know, and you can fall asleep to, you know, maybe the guy down the street is honking his horn or revving his engine or something. Ain't no artillery uh, symphony, that's for sure. So that during that time of the plastic factory. My old man, you know, he got so rich that he'd party with his friends. Like, they were also off. Like, you know, when money loves money, right? And they would party so hard, right, that they'd get, get bottles of Exo Cognac, right? So that's like 150 bucks, $200 nowadays. Back then, I don't know how much, but, you know, so these are pretty expensive bottles of booze, right? And, like, they, like they would have, you know, they would buy... A bunch of these right and you know they, they had so much money that some of them like you know said, oh we can't drink it so they just poured the put it on the ground right imagine getting being rich enough to get bottle service that you realize you know we're not going to finish some time before the end of the night or before we get going right we need to get going so fuck it i'm just gonna dump it on the ground that's when old man was, had gotten to and they always had shark fin soup so you know, I think most people realize nowadays that shark fin soup is just, you know, a status symbol. So imagine, you know, back in the day, they had it. It means they're loaded, right? Then the commies won and redistributed everything. So, uh, you know, lost the factory, of course. He went to mo relatively mild re-education. Um, you know, they got lectured on the evils of capitalism and whatnot. And won't talk too much about it. I uh, don't want to get anyone in my family in trouble, just in case. And it's a, you know, any communist society, right? The distribution is very fair and equal. You know, I don't know how to put quotes in audio, but, you know, I'm pretty sure you can pick up my sarcasm because the first time I ever saw Rolls Royce was in Vietnam, right? And you know that like, Vietnam has pulled itself out from being absolutely dirt poor, right? Most people are still poor, right? So it's amazing to see a Rolls Royce picking people up at the airport. Uh, one of the life lessons, actually, from that time of his life, uh, my dad told me is, don't get drunk on Cobra Venom wine. He said he didn't wake up for three days. Uh, we're going to just jump around in a time. There's not going to be no solid timeline. There's a little more linearity with uh, my mom's story. Not going to be so much with my old man's. So we're going to head now to 1994 on our first trip to Nam, to Vietnam. I was 14. And my old man gave me the sage advice as we get off the plane. Don't you even think about doing anything with your cousins. On the 2002 trip, uh, this is unfortunately, uh, we, we didn't make it in time before his mom, my grandma passed away, you know, and anytime actually a Vietnamese guy, uh, and a Vietnamese expat goes back to Vietnam, like they'll tend to just drink all the time with their friends because, uh, once you get a, a three or more Vietnamese guys, 
there will just be drinking. It just happens. But now if you add to the mix someone you haven't seen, like sometimes for decades, right? And you don't know when you'll see them again, you get drunk all the time. Uh, the first time my ex's uncles, two of her uncles went back to Vietnam, their wives complained to me. They were only sober for two days out of the entire month they were there. The day they got, th no, not even the day they got, yeah, actually the day they got there and the day they left. The day they got there because, you know, they hadn't got back to their hometowns yet. And the day they left, obviously, because their wives are sick of their shit and 